Okay, well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Mark chapter 12. That way we'll already be there when the time comes. If uh, I, What I'd like to do today is I want to pick up right where we left off last week. It's a two-part series on God's plan for growth in your life, uh, concerning your life. This is just a two-part series. Um, but this has to do with the financial situations of where you are right now. Uh, in your life. If you were not here last week, let me encourage you to, uh, to go online and listen to the first part of the message because it has a lot to say with this thing that we call tithing uh, in order for you to have clarification and, and purpose. And I'm going to say this again. Uh, I do this only for myself, but if you're here and you're visiting or maybe if you've been here for a while, well, you know it's not the case. Um, tithing and, and messages on tithing gets a really bad taste in people's mouths today. And that's because of the abuse that a lot of pastors in the pulpit bring to this issue. Uh, this is the first time I've ever spoken on tithing. And um, I just want to say that because Jesus had more to say on the issue of tithing than any preacher will ever do, then I believe it's worth looking into. And I will say this too, on the back of your bulletin, at the bottom of your bulletin are always weekly updates as to where we are. And uh, to those that heeded the challenge from last week, I just cannot say thank you enough uh, to those when I <clears throat> made mention. Please talk over with your spouses and and whatever about if you are caught up on the tithe. The finance committee of our church is working at putting together next year's budget. And a lot of that is based off of information of this year. So as we look at what we want to do and hope to accomplish and, th and that sort of thing, it all you know, steps upon what we have, what we got going on right now. And I just, I just it, it's, really, uh, it's really humbling. So thank you for that. Uh, but on that note, there are three different types of people in this world. In fact, those three types of people are in this room right here uh, today. There are those that watch things happen. There are those who make things happen. And then there are those who ask what happened. And I just want to say today those in the local church today that are, are obedient and tithing um, are a big part of making things happen. We could not do what we do without the local support of the body, of, of the membership. And nobody, I don't even need to say that for everybody to know. We, we, we know that. Um, but at the same time, let me say too that... Uh, without the obedience of those who give their 10%, and I'm not even going to talk about those who do sacrificial giving, uh, we wouldn't have the funds to do anything. The church literally would be non-existent. And this is why we have a finance committee of the church to look into this. This is why we have meetings to disclose to the whole body, or any time anyone has a question... We have information readily available to answer your questions to show our spending 
Uh, this is why at the bottom of our bulletin, every single week, we want you to be updated on where we are and why. It's all about transparency. And I think you can not do that too much, um, especially today. Now, I personally believe that the main reason why people don't give, I think, just my opinion, is just because of neglect, of just oversight. I thought he was paying it. I thought she was paying it. Um, well, we meant to do it at the end of the month, and we forget life happens and that sort of thing. And that's why, for that reason, this month of October is to make up the month for our church. And, and that's good, especially with the Finance Committee right now working on next year's budget. Now, I want to challenge you, like I did last week, to talk things over with your spouses on if things are caught up, and if they are, praise the Lord and, and get on with life. But regardless for the reasons for not tithing, the end result is still the same. We can only work with what we have to work with. So, last week we looked at four points. The four points we looked at was money is not, or excuse me, money is for your pleasure. That's the reason why we have finances. We looked at, two, the importance of converting your assets, your gains, into permanence. And that's a big point because Jesus talked a lot about what happens when a person faithfully gives, uh, not just in blessing them and blessing their church now, but what happens in the next life in heaven. It, it, it is a big deal. That's why I said you, you should listen to the message if you... Uh, if you didn't, if you were not here last week. The third point is use it or lose it. And there is a strong spiritual point behind that. And the fourth point that we looked at last week uh, has to do with we give in order to get so that we can give again. And that's God's principle behind tithing. Today we're going to look at the remaining four points, four principles behind God's plan for growth in your life. Principle number five. Principle number five, you can never give too much. You can never give too much. Uh, in Mark 12, 41 through 44 is a very familiar passage of Scripture that we've seen many a times. Jesus is sitting down with his disciples, and the people are contributing they are giving their money they're putting their money into the uh, temple treasury now if you'll look with me verses 41 through 44 mark chapter 12 it says these words and you'll see them up on the screen too and he sat down opposite of the treasury talking about jesus and he began observing how the multitude were putting money into the treasury and many rich people were putting in large sums and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. And calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus, but she gave out of her poverty." 
put, she put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Now, many rich people were putting in their money, but Jesus saw a woman. He saw a widow, and the widow was putting in two copper coins, basically uh, which amounts to almost nothing of value. And it drew the attention of God himself. And I want you to notice that in this story, it was a woman and not a man that the focus is on. And I believe there's a reason for that. I just don't believe it's just a happenstance. The reason is because back in the biblical days of the New Testament, the men were the sole wage earners in society. It wasn't women. That, is, that's, that was a reason why it was a disgrace. I mean, it's bad, I know that, but that's the way it was. It was a disgrace for a woman to not be married. And one of the reasons, because the men were the ones who uh, brought home the paycheck. And for a woman to try to make the living, it was very, very difficult. And yet, here's this widow. The Bible says it was a poor widow. And she came and gave what she had and she just threw them both into uh, the plate now she could have chosen to keep one of those coins for herself which was well within her right to do so but she gave both i mean 50 percent giving is not bad but she gave all that she had this woman is a picture of a person that is practicing a, a thing that we would call sacrificial tithing. That's something that literally 99% of Christians don't do. Sacrificial. Now, if you ever wondered, I, I have, have you ever wondered, did any of the disciples or anyone else, or maybe even the Lord, which obviously we know the answer to that is no, but did they try to intervene with this lady to tell her that her faith has been tested, her faith has been approved, but you don't need to give all that you have. They didn't do that. But ma'am, you don't understand. You've got nothing to live on. Don't give everything that you got. That didn't happen. She had no one to take care of her. She had no means, and we know that because of what we read in the Scriptures, um, it was a bit far and it was a bit much to give. But the Lord, and this is the thing I think that's interesting, but the Lord, he not only allowed her to do what she did, but the Bible says he praised her for it. He praised her for it. She would be recognized in Scripture for all eternity as one who gave sacrificially and she chose to live by faith she chose believing that god was going to meet her needs if she would live obediently to him she demonstrated it by the means of her lifestyle by giving now jesus doesn't say that we will starve or we will hit the jackpot based upon what we give. Just like he did not say that about her. He simply leaves her to God and knowing that God was going to take care 
of her. Folks, that is what you call, that is what you call living by faith. And Jesus tells us right here that we cannot give too much. We cannot give too much. No one is ever going to go to heaven and say, why did I give so much when I was on planet Earth? You're never going to hear someone say that. It is never going to happen. Why did I give so much to the church? I could have really lived it up more than I did. But I believe the thing that we will say, I believe the thing we will all say, I believe all believers everywhere will say when they get to heaven is, why didn't I love more? Why didn't I give more? Why didn't I care more? The widow gave out of her need, trusting that God would take care of her. How are you in this area today? Principle number six, give proportionately to your income. Now, while this is a step down uh, from what we've seen in the example of the widow, it is nonetheless an example that Jesus gives all of us to reflect on. Now, God-based giving under the Old Testament laws on tithe, which was a 10% of one's income, and then he commanded his people to give offerings about another 10% so that when all was said and done, an Old Testament Jew was giving about 20% of his tithe uh, to, the, to the temple. Now keep in mind, the last 10% was also going towards the government with expenses that are involved in that, but it was still nonetheless uh, 20 But God was then, as well as today, God desires all of us to be faithful in this area in our lives. And before we go further, let me just ask you to loosen your shirt collar, put on your seatbelts, and look with me at a passage of Scripture that we find in Malachi. Uh, as we look at this point of what it means to give to God proportionately of our income. In Malachi chapter 3, uh, verses 8 through 10. And I think this is funny because I can't tell you how many people... Uh, mentioned, boy, you should have mentioned that passage out of Malachi last week. And I was thinking, well, that's because that's part two. Uh, we'll get to the, the Malachi passage. But it's a great passage of Scripture. And so I want you to see it with me. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, is a powerful uh, point and perspective regarding how we hold on to our wallets with both hands so hard, so much, and what God has to say about it. Uh, I want you to see this principle here. Malachi 3, 8 through 10, the Bible says, God is asking the question, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. So how were they to repent? There was the charge, 
And now, here's the question. How are they to repent? Verse 10 of Malachi chapter 3 gives the answer to that question. Bring the whole tithe. He didn't say the paycheck. He just said, just bring the whole tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. If you want to stop right there, there's not a single reference in the Bible that we are ever told to test God except right here. It's not a good thing to test and tempt God. But it is okay with God to test Him, to put Him to the test if it has to do with your finances. There's a reason for that. And we'll see that at the last point of the message today. Is that not interesting? It is so interesting. We can test Him in that area. Test me, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. The only place in the Bible where it says we are allowed to test God is right here. It's right here. Let that sink in. You know, the New Testament continues this line of percentage giving. In Matthew 23, 23, Jesus told the scribes and the Pharisees um, that they were getting very picky about the details. About the details. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites all, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and yet you have neglected the weightier provisions of the law. And you see, it's at this point, you don't see anything else written along this line of this thing that we call tithing from this point on. But there is a thread that runs through the scriptures from this point that pertains to more than just having a 10% attitude. You just don't find, um, you just don't find that calculating mathematical uh, spirit in the rest of the New Testament. In fact, if you take a look at 1 Corinthians, you see this on the screen, chapter 16, verse 2, it spells out proportionate giving. On the first day of every week, Jesus tells us when, he says on Sundays, bring your offerings together. Each one of you, no one is left out, he wants 100% giving, should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. This right here is percentage giving. As you uh, make more, you give more. I'm sure that no one wants to give less than an Old Testament person living under law, especially today when we are under grace. Am I right? Am I right? Paul instructed the church to give their tithe at the beginning of the week. And therefore, when he came, the church would not have a need to make up the tithe, which is where we find ourselves for this month. Um, the moment when Paul would go from church to church and he would be bringing the tithes of other churches to aid the believers who were a part of new churches in a new place. Remember, the concept of church never even existed 
until the birth of the church because of Pentecost and because of God's turning from the Jews, looking towards the Gentiles, until the day comes when the fulfillment of the numbers of the Gentiles are over, and at which time the Bible says God will look back to the Jews once more, and we know this when we read the book of Revelation, Paul would take the money from churches and from church to church, and they would give according to the needs that the people had. They didn't have welfare. They didn't have the means of, of support and help. And so, thus, the reason uh, for this principle. Um, and because the people would bring their tithes to the storehouse, so to speak, their synagogue, their church, when Paul would come, no need was, was needed to take up that tithe again. It was done. They were caught up. And I also believe this. I believe it's true, and I believe that we would find that real in our own individual lives, that if we were to give first our, our tithe to the Lord, I believe that we would respect what we have uh, probably a lot more than we do the other way around. I, I mean, I think we take a lot of things for granted that we have, and if we're giving first and then looking at our stuff after, I think it puts it in a different light. I've been thinking on this. And I just, I don't know, I think that by doing so, well, not only are we staying obedient, not only are we able to do the things that we're wanting to do with the church, but I also believe, too, as the second point of last week's message, your funds go to your heavenly account uh, where they're accredited, and you will find that out one day. Uh, it's just a thought. Principle number seven. Principle number seven. Give voluntarily and give with joy. Give with joy. Second Corinthians chapters 8 and 9 in your Bibles are, are their chapters on giving. Paul states in these two chapters, again, that's 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and chapters 9, um, he states in these two chapters that the poverty-stricken Christians and Macedonia as shining examples for all of us to read. Um, they loved to give, and they were poor, and they, they loved to give. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3 says, Paul said, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. Church, God is never, ever going to twist your arm in this area. And this preacher right here is not going to do that as well. It'll never happen. We give all voluntarily. We give with a cheerful, we give uh, spirit with joy. I remember when I was in college and I went over to Thailand uh, for three weeks. And we did some mission work. And when we were in Bangkok, I'll never forget... <clears throat> Going to, at that time, it was the largest Southern Baptist church in Bangkok. Bangkok at that time had over, it was like 2.2 million people living in the city of Bangkok. And the largest Southern Baptist church over there was 26 people. 2.2 million. The largest was 26 people. Out of that 26 
14 were children. Five were teenagers. And the rest were adults. And we were told that by the missionary before we went to that church. Of course, it's, it's all Buddhism over there. And we were also told when we went to this church that every single person, every single person, all 26 of those people in that church had a family that had already conducted their funeral as an outward sign, you died to me, simply because they became Christian. So 14 children were not only disowned by their mom and dad, their mom and dad conducted their funeral. And think about that. Five teenagers had a mom and a dad conduct their funeral because they became a Christian. And when we went there, uh, there wasn't a single person, especially me, but there wasn't a single person there. We were thinking, what are we going to do there? You know what? When we got there, we went in. They knew we were coming. You cannot imagine the amount of joy and true happiness that everyone in that room had. It was so shocking now, we just sat there with our mouths wide open the whole time. And I don't know that we did anything to impact their lives, but they did everything to impact us. I, I couldn't get over. And they didn't have much of anything. And so when we sat down to eat, we were told, which was a moronic thing to do, but we were told that... Um, they allowed us to have their meat portion of their food. And we were like, oh, okay. Well, they get meat in their food and their meal once a month. So here I am, and there were kids sitting next to me. And I remember I was, you know, you want, you want, my, you want my food? Now, if it was bacon, I don't know. But, if, but do you want my, my meal? And I remember at one point, and I was really being discreet about it, but um, I remember the, uh, our host saw that, and he just whispered, he goes, you need to eat it. So I just fell in line, and I did it. And then I learned later how it was a, a respect thing, and it would be disrespectful to not eat it. So, you know, we, I just couldn't connect to that. But that was their culture, and we did that. Here's the thing that stood out the most to me. I learned that day the importance that, uh, of giving and sacrificing. I learned the importance firsthand by seeing in the lives of those people who, y'all, they only had each other. Because Christianity is not the, the, the thing to swing for uh, in, uh, in Bangkok. I learned that day that the joy inexpressible that was on their faces is not based upon their income. Their joy is in knowing who they serve and who they place their faith and trust in. And that did more for this mission group that went over to them than they were ever able to do to people that were in, in need. Um, it, it's, it's, just, it's powerful. Giving produces joy. 
And remember, the only place in the Bible where it says we can test God is in this area. And here we are told that God will increase one's joy in trusting Him in this area as well. God loves what? A cheerful giver. In a world that is so needy, God cannot and He does not have the time nor the desire to bless hoarders. That is, those who hoard their money down here. Hoard up your money, as Jesus would say, in heaven. Release it here to hoard it there. That's why Jesus said, Do not store it for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, uh, but in heaven. We looked at that last week. And keep this in mind as well. Did you know that one-sixth of the entire New Testament has to do with your possessions? Did you know that one-half of all the parables were about money? You will learn to trust God by your ability to give. And remember, too, God does not need our money. He needs you to be obedient in what He asks of you. In Psalms chapter 50, verses 9 through 12, the Bible says this. This is God talking. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the, uh, I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. For the world is mine and all that is in it. Daniel Webster once made the comment. He said, and you'll see it up here, one of the most awesome things in all the world is my accountability to Almighty God. Would that not be the goal to aim for? Not just in giving or tithing, but in every area of our lives. To have a heart that says one of the most awesome things in my life is my accountability to God first. Give to God your time. Give to God your reputation. And give to God your finances. In principle number eight, we give to God and not to man. Giving should not be seen like one would if he were to invest in the stock market. When he invests in a business, you have every right to know how your money is being used. They are accountable to you, and you can call them on the carpet at any moment if you think something is not being done right. But did you know there is no parallel in Scripture to this kind of a situation? However, it is at this point, I do want to say that at Red Baptist Church, we have great measures in place to make sure nothing is done in secret, nothing is done that is improper or abusive regarding this area. The practices that we have are there to keep not only everyone accountable to the Lord, but also to the church as well. Uh, they are there to protect those who spend as well as those who give uh, within the church. Again, it's about this thing that we call transparency, and this is why we do what we do. 
Now here's the point that I'm getting at. In the New Testament, in Acts chapter 4, verses 35, it says this, that the early church gave their money in a very relaxed spirit of trust. They simply put the money at the apostles' feet. (laughs) Now you're going to find in your bulletin, I did not put that scripture reference at the very bottom. For a reason. I don't want to look at your money. I don't want to know who gives. I don't want to know any of that. But I did put in the verse at the bottom of this principle, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Do all for the glory of God. The givers, y'all, were accountable only to God, not to men, not to men. I remember a while back, a guy came up to the church. He was needing help. He says the same line that you hear so many say, and he was not good at lying. He was a really terrible liar. So, uh, because he needed gas in his car, I told him, we don't have money here to give out. That's not the way it's set up here at Red Baptist Church. However, I'll tell you what we will do and what I would be more than uh, happy to do. We went over here to Sunny Mart. And we, when we went, I said, I'll go over with you. And I said, and, and let's fill that thing up. And as we went over there, of course, it went from that to talking about other different types of things. And, and I'm just, I'm listening, I'm going along. And as we filled up, as I filled up his gas tank, which didn't take very long because it wasn't really that empty, um, I told him, I said, look, I said, just between you and me, I just want you to understand something. I don't buy a word what you're saying. And maybe if you would just tell me the truth, you might actually get what you're looking for. I go, but here's the thing. It's not about lying. It's not about telling the truth or whatever it is that you're doing. What I want you to understand is if you have a need, I want to be able to help. But if you take it and you squander it on stuff, that's not on me. My job as a child of God is to make myself available to help those that need it. Now, if they take it and do something ill will with it, that's not on me. And I told him, I said, so the reason why I guess I'm telling you this, his name was Rodney. I told him, I said, Rodney, I said, I just want you to know, maybe if you were to consider just doing what you're doing, truthful, right, instead of deceitful and whatever, maybe you begin to see God start to do something in your life because obviously things aren't really going the way that you that you want him to go that's all i'm saying and he sat there and tears in his eyes welled up and he thanked me a lot and i just told him hey well this is when we're open uh for business i read a baptist church but i i just really tr- i knew the whole time yeah this money it's not what he was going to spend it on but here's the thing it doesn't matter my job as a christian is to be obedient in what i do that's my job i'll leave the results to god I'm still one of those people that occasionally will give something at a red light. 
Why? I don't know what they're going to do with it. But if I'm thinking, if they might have a real sincere need, I want to be able to do something. I don't do it every time. But it's just, the point is, when I give, it's my heart that's at stake. My heart. Is my heart right in this area? And God is more concerned about Ed Lowe's heart than he is Ed Lowe's wallet. And the same goes for everyone else. God just wants us to trust Him. Now, on that, load, on that note, let me tell you what happens when you see your giving going to men and not, or excuse me, going to God and not going to man. The moment you begin to see your money as going to God and not going to man, you will then fight the urge to withhold your money because you got mad at so-and-so because they did something wrong, and now you're going to punish them by not giving. That's a natural reaction. I've been in the church a long time just like you. But the problem is the withholding never hurts that knucklehead that you have a problem with. It hurts the whole body. And so the very thing that you're hurting is not just that person that you have a problem with. It's, it's with God. It's with your body. And ultimately, it comes back and it's, it's on you as well. So when we give, our tithe goes to the church. And as our tithe goes to the church, those needs that we have are the needs that God says. Because you're faithful in this area, I'm going to be faithful in this area with you. That's the reason why the Bible says for us to test God. It's to test Him. He then promises to move in accordance to His will and His wishes that He has for every single one of us that's in this room right here today. The moment that you begin to place your trust in your abilities and in your paycheck first... You're no longer trusting in the God who provides. My job is to be obedient to Him in this area. And by being obedient to Him in this area, God moves in fulfilling the needs of those who are around me. And God allows us to play a part in the work that's being done as we minister to our community. You're gonna, I know you agree with this. I think some of you just won't take it as, as serious. When you give candy in two weeks, well, hopefully you give it before two weeks, two weeks is showtime. When we do the fall festival in a couple of weeks, all right, and the giving of the money uh, or the giving of the candy, the money that you will spend for the candy that is needed uh, for that event, every single kid, and we'll have hundreds We'll have hundreds of people out here on that one night. A couple weeks. It's the biggest one-night event we do in our community. And it is powerful. It is a great witness. Every single great thing that, uh, that, that, that happens and will happen, because it happens every year, if you've donated candy, you are the reason why those great things are happening. And you're thinking, when has an M&M ever changed a person's life? 
It, it's all about the sacrifice. It's all about what we do. And what we do together as a whole collective whole, it changes lives. Our job is to be obedient. And don't ever allow someone to cause you to stop being obedient in this area. For in so doing, they're going to rob you of the blessing. Give it cheerfully and give it freely to the Lord. Let's pray. Now, Father, as we come before you right now, God, we do want to thank you for the time that we have had to come together and to look at this. It's a very personal issue, but it's one that's so important to us in this area we call giving. God, it's, it's all yours. There's not a single thing in this life that, uh, that, we, that we really own. It's just on loan to us. Everything. Our health, our life, our finances, our friends, our job, our pets, everything. God, it's, just, it's on loan to us. And Lord, I really wish that we would really remember that. God, um, when we look at the example of those who give sacrificially, that's, that's just very, that's humbling. That's, that's very humbling. And Lord, I pray that today that you would speak to all of us in this room, in this area, simply because it changes our lives. It helps us to stay in that state of humbleness, thankfulness, uh, God, that we, can, that we can focus on, and it's at those moments in our lives, God, God, that's right when you come in and you do what you do. Father, I pray and ask that you would just remind us of the importance of what it means. And not just money, but to give of our time. To make it a point, maybe this week, that we will give enough of ourselves to reach out and help a neighbor. Or uh, reach out and, and talk to a friend. But God, you gave everything to us when you sent Jesus. You gave everything. And so, Lord, whatever crumbs we give back, it's not near enough. I just pray, God, today that you would make it clear to us uh, that you've got this. And it's, all, it's okay. And as we step out in faith and be obedient in this area, that you will go before us and give us the desires of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.